Blog Talk Radio. Oh, folks, Troy Dooley here, the host of RealMentorsRadio.com. And I tell you what, it's a beautiful day down here at the beach. It's the first day that we have not had clouds. I don't know how many of you watch the weather, but the southern half of the peninsula of Florida had massive showers throughout the first of the week, and we got a lot of cloud cover. Had a little bit of a storm come through this morning, really more like sprinkles. Uh, and now just the sun is gorgeous. It's high shining. Uh, it, it's, it causes you to think. I was up early about 4 o'clock. I had to go pick up my my middle boy, JT, from work. He's working the night shift this week. And as I was up and at him and watching the sun rise over the harbor, I was thankful once more for the life that God has given me. Uh, I, I, I was talking to some friends this, this week, very financially independent friends in direct selling. And uh, and and when I got off the phone with them, I sat back and I thought, wow, you know, I can go through life and my lifestyle. Paige and I, I could go to work at Walmart and we could sustain our lifestyle. It's because we have really taken on a Dave Ramsey approach of living like nobody else lives, so that down the road we can live like nobody else lives. And I look at some of my friends and and realize that just one false move in business. And their life would be upside down, and and I thank God for that. It's more my wife than me. I got to give her credit, um, but it's it's gorgeous to see that. We're in John Maxwell's book, Success One Hundred One: What Every Leader Needs to Know. John just brought out a new book called The Five Levels of Leadership. It's powerful. I just bought it. I'll be reading it. But this was this book right here really I think speaks to all of us. And today's chapter is entitled, Am I Willing to Do the Tough Jobs? See, successful people do the things that unsuccessful people are unwilling to do. It doesn't matter what it is in life, whether it's your relationship with your spouse, your significant other, your relationship with your pastor, your boss, your employees, those you manage, Those on your network marketing team, your siblings, your kids, your parents, doesn't matter. You have to be willing to do what unsuccessful people won't do. I I bring this back. You guys know how I am. I always bring this back to marriage because that's important to me. And I look at the fact that 50% of the people are unwilling to do what successful folks do in their relationship. I was talking to my mom last night, and she was sharing with me some important stuff that had happened in her day and bringing me up to date before she went off to invest some time with Dad. And I got to thinking, man, how many couples were willing to to be successful over all these years, almost 50 years of marriage? As she was sharing with me her day, it brought to mind one of my most hero, I mean, just a couple that I have respected and adored. They've both passed away now. But it was Ron and Nancy Reagan. Lifelong, for the most part. I mean, Ronald had been married early on, but then him and Nancy spent the rest of their lives together. And I thought, man, this is how my mom and dad, this is what they remind me of. You know, and I thought, man, this is what we've got to be able to do. See, if we're not willing to do what 
successful couples do in their marriage, why do we think we'll do it in business? See, commitment is commitment. Tough jobs are tough jobs. doesn't matter how you go about it. One of the, the men, a hero in my faith that I like to read about every now and then is is a missionary and explorer named David Livingston. And because John and I share the same spiritual background, he uses all kinds of stories of men and women that I that I have grown to love over the years. He says, it's said that, that an aid group in South Africa once wrote to missionary and explorer David Livingston, asking, have you found a good road to where you are? If so, we want to know how to send other men to join you. Livingston replied, if you have men who will come only if they know there is a good road, I don't want them. I want men who will come even if there is no road at all. The pioneers that settled this country, the business leaders who are willing to do things nobody else would do, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates come to mind. See, top leaders want from people working for them what others won't do. They want individuals who are willing to do what most will not. I remember a long time ago wanting a job at the Chevrolet plant in Kansas City. I thought, man, this must be nice. These guys make lots of money. They get the weekends off. They all drive cool cars. And then I met the president of that plant. And he was somewhat different than the blue-collar workers working on the assembly line. See, they would only do what they had to do based on their contract and their agreement with the company through the union. But Tim was willing to go above and beyond that, and that's why he had that position to run the plant. As I've gone through my career looking at other people, I realize that it doesn't matter if you're white-collar or blue-collar. Those that succeed are the ones that are willing to do what others will not do. I thought, wow. You know, and it's funny because even in politics and organized crime, doesn't matter what it is, those that rise to the top are willing to do, good or bad, what others will not do. And I thought, man, that's the way it is in everything in life. See, John is so proficient, and, and Charles, who writes his stuff, is, is so articulate at what they put together. But just for you and me, just, just the average common folk, we can understand it. See, few things gain more appreciation of a top leader more quickly than an employee with a whatever-it-takes attitude. I believe the same thing rings true in relationships. There is nothing that will attract another person, same sex, opposite sex, doesn't matter. Nothing will gain the respect and attract more people to your inner circle than if you have a whatever-it-takes attitude. That's amazing when you think about it. I was going through last night a self-esteem evaluation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to rabbit trail for a minute. Because I'm, I'm really focused. This book is a phenomenal book. It's, it's how to raise your, your, your spouse's self-esteem. And I'm not worried about Paige's self-esteem at this point. I'm, I'm looking at mine. Is there areas that I need to grow in? And it's like, 
Actually, I'm kind of laughing here because i got so many critics on the Internet. If they wanted to find out ammo to use against me, all they got to do is listen to a radio show. But I wanted to make sure that my self-esteem, am I, am I hitting it on all eight cylinders? Some people would say I'm cocky. Some say I'm confident. But I know inside of me sometimes there's these little fear buttons that pop. So I'm going through this last night. And one of the things that I ask is, are you afraid of change? Nope, not at all. Are you afraid to take on other tasks? Nope, not at all. Are you afraid of what others might say about you? No, not at all. But then it asks a question. Now, there's a lot more questions. But then it asks one. Are you concerned with what those closest to you, your spouse, your children, your friends, how they see you? And I had to write always. As I read further in the chapter, I realized that's the sign of a strong self-esteem because you also don't want to embarrass other people with some of your actions or lack thereof. And as I read through that and I got into John's book again, I realized I was always willing to do what others won't because, see, there was a time in my life when I was concerned about what others thought. I was concerned about what others said. I hated change. See, we all have to grow. We have to be willing. And this is why I'm bringing this up. I had to do what most wouldn't do. I had to look at myself and say, I'm willing to become somebody different. We've got to learn to think outside the box. We've got to learn to think outside our job description. I'm sitting in Atlanta last week with Dalton, and we're busting our butt. And some workers for Papa John's starts putting stuff on the dock that's in the way. And I said, hey, guys, is your truck here ready to go? They looked at me like I was some dumb white boy. Every one of them were black. And I said, this is your stuff, right? Is it going on the truck? And here it was almost in unison. They said, we don't know. We're not paid to make decisions. And I was blown away by that. I, I don't know how to equate that out. But in their other words, it wasn't in their job description to think. So they couldn't answer the question. I thought, man, I never want my life to be like that. I never want to be too proud not to ask for directions, too proud not to listen and learn and be teachable, but I don't want to be too frightened not to make a decision. So what does it mean to do what others won't? You know, it's funny. I'm, I'm going to go back to my mom and dad for a minute. I can think back to July 31st, 1987. I was standing in front of Reverend Beasley. I was looking into Paige's eyes. And I made a commitment an unconditional commitment for life to have and to hold in sickness and in health till death do us part. And as I've been studying, as you guys know, my, my marriage, I've been really focused lately on, on making it as strong as I can make it. been at this thing 24 years now. 
I started thinking of my mom and dad. They were young. My dad was the meanest man I ever met. My mom was a little haughty, even in the 60s. That probably got her butt in more trouble than it was worth at the time. But here they are, in front of each other, making that same commitment. But see, what they didn't know and what I didn't know is that saying those words, no matter what generation it is, whether it was the 60s or the 80s, when you're in love, you're full of lust, you're looking in the eyes of that other person, your love bank is full, it's really freaking easy to say, I do. When you're in the honeymoon, when you just got the job and they gave you the pay that you wanted and the vacation that you wanted, it's easy to say, this will last forever. But what happens when you have to do things that others won't do? Whether it's in a relationship or at work. Think about that. See, most people, I think, if they had a clue, if they could glimpse the future, if they could see what was happening in the future, if they could look at their their future spouse and and look at everything and and say, oh, my gosh, that's going to be tough. I ain't going to go through that. Nope, I'm not saying yes. If they saw the health issues, they said, okay, well, here's the deal. I'll say yes, but with these conditions, I get to do this, 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 and this if this happens. If we looked at our job and said, okay, I'm in, this is great, but I'm not going to do this, 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 and this, would we really commit? Would Would we be so willing to say, now here's where this gets back to John's stuff, would we be willing to say, I will do what others won't do? I personally do not think we would do that. But if you're listening today, And you say, Troy, I want my marriage to last. I want my business to last. I want my career to grow. I want to be the kind of person you're talking about. I want to be the person who's willing to do the tough jobs. Then here's what you've got to do. Number one, successful people take the tough jobs. They say, I do, not knowing totally what it is that they're saying I do too. Because the ability to accomplish the difficult tasks will will earn others' respect very quickly. They will realize there's something special about you. And they will listen and they will watch they will realize that person's a problem solver. See, problems will continually occur in our life. doesn't matter if it's home, at work, in our general life, whatever. And most people really don't like problems. They get tired of them quickly. They'll do anything to get away from them. But there's a few who understand that crisis management is a way of life. And they go out of their way to learn how to deal fast on their feet, to be able to take care of it. They do not personalize or internalize it. They just say, this is part of life. Let's make it happen. Let's go get through this season, and let's kick it up a notch. And they do it. 
See, John writes, not only does taking on tough jobs earn you respect, but it also helps you to become a better leader. I remember when Paige miscarried back in the 90s. It devastated her. She hated me, hated God, hated everything. We delivered that little fetus in the bedroom. But not a year later, I watched Paige sit by the bedside of one of our waitresses who gave birth prematurely, very prematurely to a baby. So prematurely that the bottom half of her body was not fully formed. You could not tell if she was going to be a girl or a boy at the time. And because of what Paige went through, she was able to empathize with this young girl. And today the mom and the daughter are very healthy and doing well. But she didn't understand it at the time. She had to work through it. Number two, successful people pay their dues. Former Senator Sam Nunn said, you have to pay the price. You will find that everything in life expects, everything in life expects a price, and you have to decide whether the price is worth the prize. To my dad many, many years ago, he looked at a young little girl and said, she's worth the prize. He looked at me, because I was about two years old, and said he's worth the price. The price that I will pay, taking this young girl and her son as my wife and my son, is worth the price. My dad eventually will go to his grave, and I will never, ever know totally the price he paid to take on that responsibility. But I know the lessons that I have learned over the last 47 years, and they're priceless to me. See, sometimes it's not until we start to look in retrospect that we will even understand the prices that we have paid but we will soon see that we paid our dues. <laughs> there were times when I know if he could have kicked my butt, he would have. If he could have changed it, he would have. He'd have taken my mom and said, you stay away. Didn't mean he didn't love me, but I was hell on wheels. But not not as bad as my little brother, of course. But it's crazy, but this is what we go through. Number three. Successful people work in obscurity. See, one of the things I love about Catalyst, I mean, you guys all know what we do at Catalyst, but 15,000 people have no clue. If you say Troy Dooley's part of the A-team of Catalyst, they'd say, we've never heard of him, he's not on their website. And I smile. See, long time ago, this is what irritates some of my friends in network marketing because they all the time say, you can only be number one. There's only one number one. You've got to go be number one. Give it all you've got. You know what? I give everything I have every day, and God created me to be number two. See, I like to be the guy behind the one in power, helping to protect their back and give them the insight they need to become better. I don't need to be number one. 
Now that could be a whole nother training. But see, when you've paid your dues, when you've given your best, and you've done it in obscurity where nobody knows who you are, you don't usually end up with an ego problem. See, the, 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 one, of the, one of the shortfalls, one of the, one of the things that can kill us in network marketing is that very few people rise to the top in obscurity. They're given recognition from day one. It's big, it's bold, it's beautiful. Go, 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 number one, number one, number one. Nothing wrong with that either, folks. But when you can be behind the scenes, then you know you've got something. One of the things that I love about my my career in network marketing is a lot of times people see stuff on the net, but they never see what goes on behind the scenes. They don't know the phone calls that are made, the, the confidences that are there. Things that are shared with me that we don't go anywhere with until the right time, and sometimes that's never going to happen. I love that. I wasn't always that way. As you guys know, if you followed us on the radio show, many, many times as I was young, I wanted to be number one, and I wanted everybody to know about it. Nice clothes, nice car, hot women, money in the pocket. I wanted it all. John shares a story of Moses. I think it's a beautiful story of leadership. You know, Moses was that little orphan Hebrew kid. The king said, get rid of all the Hebrew kids, and they couldn't. They put it in the water, and the princess or the queen found it. I don't know the whole thing, but the way the, way the world would say is, luck has it. Right place, right time. Moses became part of the kingdom. Raised by Pharaoh and his daughter. But one day, he killed an Egyptian and had to run for his life. And for 40 years, God put him in obscurity. Taking care of his father-in-law's sheep. Think about that. For 40 years, you're a shepherd. And then one day, God shows up, if you know the story, with a burning bush and says, I've chosen you, Moses, to lead my people to freedom. Scripture says at the time that he was the most humble man in the world. And he led the Hebrews out of slavery. It's a, we could we could have a whole training on that one. Four. Successful people succeed with difficult people. You've heard me use Maxwell stuff, the hundred and one percent rule. Find one percent you can agree on, give it a hundred percent of your efforts. Dealing with difficult people is not easy, but it's worth it. Now, it's really tough when you're a leader in the middle, if we're talking about being in the middle of the organization, because it's not like you can just get rid of the people below you, and it's not like you can get rid of the people above you. You've got to learn to deal with it. And if you can learn to deal with difficult people, you will learn to be a good leader. See, John writes, good leaders, ones who learn to lead up, across, and down, find a way to succeed with people who are hard to work with. 
They work at finding common ground and connect with them. You have to. I have two very vocal critics of network marketing, and we've become pretty good friends because even though we don't see eye to eye, we do want the end result to be the same. The fifth thing, successful people put themselves on the line. You cannot play it safe. You've got to make it happen. One of these days, Paige and I want are going to get sick. We're going to get old. We're going to have a decision to make. Do we keep cranking it out? Do we keep hanging? Or do we give up on our commitment? Do we put our spouse in a convalescent home? And like a headstone in a cemetery, we go to visit every day, then every other day, then once a week, then once a month, then maybe once a quarter, maybe every six months. Then one day the phone call comes, and we go have the funeral, and we start the process all over. Or do we focus on our commitment and say, you know what, it's till death do us part. God's going to give me more than I can handle. Yeah, you heard me right. I don't know where they come up with that old myth. Some preacher somewhere doesn't know his scripture probably said it, but God always gives you more than you can handle so that you will call on him for strength. It's when we stop calling on God. I know some of you are saying, Troy, we don't believe this. That's cool. Just shut and listen. God will always give you more than you can handle so you will call out to him. And when you stop calling out for him, you will soon find yourself overwhelmed with life's chaos. This won't happen when you put yourself on the line and say, God, I'm out here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this work. Number six, successful people admit their faults but never make excuses. My dad taught me something a long time ago, and my kids hated it. An excuse is nothing more and nothing less than a cleverly disguised lie. Whether it's a lie to somebody else or a lie to yourself, that's all an excuse is. Successful people who have committed to the big picture, committed to their purpose in life, don't make excuses. They admit their faults. Lord knows I admit mine all the time. And if I don't admit them, my kids or wife will point them out to me. I make no excuses. When Paige told me the other day that for many years she, I had treated her as a doormat, I didn't defend myself. I said, I'm sorry. And I started analyzing her words and realized how true they were. But I made no excuses for my actions. Number seven, successful people do more than is expected. Twelve years ago, I sat on the back row at North Point Community Church at the very first Catalyst. In 2012, I took command 
along with Dalton, and we did things that were not expected in order to bring about the experience that 15,000 people were looking for in the stands. See, the key is to do more than is expected. When you do the unexpected, it will be seen. Number eight, successful people are the first to step up and help. They don't step back. They don't wait. They go out and they do it. They don't say, oh, my gosh, what's the risk? They just go. Number nine, successful people perform tasks that are not their jobs. I don't even know if I got a job description at Catalyst. We're just the go-to people. You want it done, you tell me what it is you need done, and we'll get it taken care of. Sometimes people's feelings get hurt. Sometimes they get a little upset. But the end result is 15,000 people have a phenomenal experience. Number 10, successful people take responsibility for their responsibilities. They don't blame others. They don't say, oops. They do it and do it and do it and do it until the job gets done. They do it and do it and do it and do it till the job gets done. If you want to succeed, then you've got to be willing to take the tough jobs and do them to the best of your ability. Folks, thank you, thank you so much for hanging out with me right here on RealMentorsRadio.com. I will see you first thing tomorrow. Live life like it's an epic adventure, and I'll see you at the top. Bye. Bye.